Welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy you're here with me today, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life, as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to feel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Elevate. And today is going to be a fun conversation for everybody who's trying to navigate their health and fitness goals with a counterparty that may or may not be super supportive. So today we have Coach Haley on the podcast. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you absolutely should. She's going to talk about the differences between her last relationship and her navigating her health and fitness and her current relationship dynamic in the realm of health and fitness. So Haley, for people that are not super familiar or have lived under a rock, um, (laughs) please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about you. Hey guys, I'm Haley. I am obviously an assistant coach on Level Up. I've been working here for about a year now. I think I just hit my year a couple weeks ago. Um, So a little bit about my health and fitness journey. So I, I was always like a little bit overweight as like a teenager going into my adult life. So I started my journey at like 18, 19 years old. Um, And I've been kind of like all over the place with my journey from really, really, really extreme, just dieting to, you know, the yo-yo dieting and uh, competing and then coming out of that, the hormonal imbalances. That's kind of what led me to being a coach, right? I wanted to be that person to guide people to do things the right way instead of just being lost because that's what I was. I was lost for a really long time. Um, So that's kind of what got me here. Yeah, no, Haley is our functional medicine coach, and she also is a killer coach for couples, which brings us to the topic of conversation today because she's navigated both sides of the coin, right? Having a partner that's like wildly unsupportive, and then someone who's like right there. And if, again, if you watch her content, her and Ronnie are like goals, like couple goals in lots of areas. And I can tell you transparently, she's not one of those people that like, emphasizes her relationship on the internet and it's like catastrophic behind the scenes. Like I've yeah. never seen two people so in love. Um, it gives me hope. So uh, off of that, Haley, I want you to talk about like your last relationship and mm. health and fitness and how you navigated that and what that experience was like for you. Yeah. So when I started my fitness journey, um, I was with somebody who just, they didn't care about fitness. They didn't, they were never overweight. They never really cared to change their body composition. So I was kind of alone in the sense that like I had to change my habits, but he didn't feel the need to change his habits because he didn't want to change himself. So, you know, when it came to like repairing meals and things like that, it was like, he wanted to order pizza all the time or go do this or do that. And I was trying really hard to be on this like good path, right? Trying to change my habits, trying to stick to my diet. But I felt like I was always, I, of course we're, we control our own actions, but when you don't have somebody who is supporting you there and it's kind of like, well, let's just do this instead. Much easier to just get pulled back into what you were doing. So every time I'm like, okay, let's, I, I Pinterest all these like healthy meals and did all this. And he's like, 
yeah, let's go out to eat or let's go get some drinks or let's go do this. And I felt like I had to because that's what he wanted to do. And he, he didn't necessarily want to change his life. Right. So one thing that I taught on back at the, uh, summit that Aram put on was about stakeholders in your life and stakeholders are people that when you're around your behavior, your decision-making changes, right. Because of the relationship that you have with this individual, right. You don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to judge them to judge you or feel like you're letting them down or being a party pooper or whatever it might be. So these could be friends. This could be your relationship or your spouse. It could be somebody that you work with or your boss and around these people, they impact our decision-making processes. And one thing that there's a lot that I'd love to say about what men in regard to women, but I won't get too far that way. But men, men should feel honored because men lead the relationship. And so one of the things that I struggle to comprehend is like men will get with women and women will be fit, attractive, all the things, right? But they've done certain things within their lives in their environment before they met this individual. And when a female really likes a man, they will take on them. Like they integrate their identities together, but men typically lead the relationship. So they will pick up on what he's leading with. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the little things like how often you drink, how often you go out to eat, what types of food you're eating. If he's like an avid pizza guy, you're going to start to eat pizza, not because you actually like pizza, or maybe you're not a huge fan of it, but you learn to adjust your lifestyle so that for women, because they want connection, they can create the environment in which they have those connective moments with this individual. And the problem with that is if your female then gets into a position where she's overweight or gained weight and you think she's not as attractive as she used to be, but you're also a man who maybe can tolerate many more calories than she can. And maybe you work out, but not consistently. What you're missing is like, she's learning from your example now. And if you don't lead with a healthy and fit and optimal kind of lifestyle example for her, it's very difficult for her to do that on her own. And then when a female tries to step away from that, depending on the man, if he's someone who is a little bit more insecure or feels like he kind of outshot himself with getting her, he also gets very resentful of that decision. And so he, it's such, and it's a battle of insecurity because if you know you've landed somebody who's too good for you and you know that by keeping them in this position and telling them that they're awesome and perfect and all these things, even if you don't necessarily believe that to be true, the other side of the coin is she gets super fucking hot. She was already outside of your league when you got her and then she'll leave you because she'll realize that you are not pushing, growing and developing on a path that is your own, which doesn't inspire her, right? Women are inspired by men all the time. I'm sure Ronnie does things that you're like, fuck, like that inspires me to be better and do better and create more and like push harder, like whatever it might be. And so if you don't give her that inspiration, she's going to become bored. And that's where it becomes a rock and a hard place for women to feel like they can do things to invest in themselves and take the path that makes them better. If the resistance is also from a stakeholder whose opinion they highly value. And then they get into a very complicated decision process because instead of asking for support, you're not asking for permission, which again, keeps the power in the man's hands, deciding what you can and can't do with your health or your life or your body, Mm -hmm. which I just absolutely disagree with. So tell me a little bit about how that impacted your relationship overall with this individual. And if there was like a, a boiling point that happened, or if you just felt like you could never make progress in that environment. I think I just got to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to do what whatever the fuck I want to do um, and just stick with it. Cause I was so 
in such a self-hatred spot that that was worse than upsetting him. And when you say like, um, that insecurity, like it was the opposite. So I think, and look, I can't speak for him. I can only assume <laughs> just based on how our relationship was. Um, when we got together, I was very insecure, 17. I was overweight, very insecure. Um, and he was insecure as well, but felt like he was the, I, I was dating the person out of my league. Right. Okay. So he had the upper hand in that, that aspect. Um, and I think things shifted and I think that's part of the reason, I don't even know if he was aware of this part of the reason that he didn't want me to change because he would do things that were self-sabotaging. Well, not sabotaging to me, kind of have me go down that self-sabotage without directly saying that he didn't want me to do certain things. Um, and I think as our relationship completely shifted at when I went through my fitness journey, um, not, not just because of the way I looked, but like I gained a lot of confidence just within myself and a lot of self-respect. Um, like I said, I was a very insecure person before. Um, and I just didn't really think highly of myself. I wasn't confident in my decisions. Um, and he very much led. Um, <clears throat> but I shifted throughout that my mindset shifted and what I wanted started to, to shift as he stayed who he was. Um, and that was weird because we, we had gotten engaged and that was kind of when things were really changing. So we had a very long engagement. It was two years. I mean, relatively long for people, I guess. Um, about halfway through, I was like peak in that, that zone of like losing weight, of really shifting who I was and what I wanted in my thoughts. Um, and that's when I started to kind of realize like we are not on the same path with anything. And so I, I like to like my fitness journey kind of was the catalyst of that. It's when I did realize that like one, he wasn't the supportive partner that I, I needed in my life with any decision. And that, that started there when I was like, I really need to change my life for the betterment of me, how I feel about myself, my confidence. So I can, be a better person, but I wasn't getting that support. So I could feel better. You know, if, when you don't have somebody that supports you wanting to be more confident in your best self, it really makes you think their motives of being with you. And I think right. one of the hard things about it too, is people will then speculate the reasons why you might want to do it. Right. And so it's like, Oh, you want to lose weight so you can look at a in a bikini and blast your ass all over the internet. Right. A very insecure person is like, going to make those claims about you like oh you're doing this just so that you can get x y and z yeah and like for people that have genuine intention it's like no i just want to feel good in my fucking skin like i want to want to fuck you but i don't <laughs> want to because i don't want you to touch me yeah and so it's like one of those situations where it's like i don't even want to get undressed in front of you let alone anybody on the internet right right and it's like but if you are in such a place where if you're ever in a relationship where somebody doing what is genuinely best for them upsets you, you need to question that relationship entirely, mm -hmm. right? Because one person's insecurity controlling another person's decision-making is absolutely toxic in my opinion. Yes. Right. Because the intention of someone's, first of all, if we believe in body autonomy, which a lot of people do, then if they want to improve their health by changing their body, they have every right to do so. And the fact that one person who says that they love you and wants what is best for you, 
would prevent you from doing that should be the, the biggest red flag you could ever put up. It, these are my opinions. And if you guys are listening, you totally disagree with me. I'm open to that conversation. I'd love to hear your, your side. <laughs> Truly. I'd love to understand it um, because I don't. And I, I speak to women almost every single day who want so badly to invest in themselves and they're in, and then their husband says no. And they can't explain why. Right. And it's like, that makes no sense. And then of course, like, I'm happy to have conversations with them. I'm happy to explain what's going on. I record every call. So I'm like, if they want to watch this back, they can totally watch the conversation that we had. But nevertheless, it's like the fact that they have to ask for permission to become the best versions of themselves. And the worst is when the partner knows about it. Like they've been struggling with this. They're not having sex. They're not intimate. She doesn't dress up because she doesn't want to wear anything but yoga pants and a big t-shirt because that's all that fits her right now. It's like, I, I understand that so much so. And it makes me infuriated with these types of things because I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any logical sense to me. And so I'm sure in that situation, there were moments where maybe he projected his insecurity onto you about like, well, you only want to get fit or why you want to get fit or why do you care so much about looking this way? Like, did you have that experience? Mm -hmm. And then really started like with the thought of competing because like competing was never like on the radar because I would never be able to do that. Right. And then when it got to a point where it's like, I was about to start prep, he really was like, you want to get on a like stage and half naked or things like, like that. Um, but yeah, throughout the entire time, it was like, why do you care so much? Why are you investing so much? Why do you go to the gym so much? Why do you do this so much? Um, and then when, when I got hot, I don't, that's how society sees it, I guess. Yeah. Like when you go from being overweight to being fit or skinny or whatever people wanted to label me at that time, um, you got hot. Right. And then, um, it was like, oh, you got hot and you didn't want to be with me or you didn't want, you, and it kind of, I don't want to say that's what happened, but it, it's not because of the way I looked. But here's the thing with that. And I see this with clients all the time. So mm -hmm. it's really cool to see one that you've settled for less than you were meant for and you know it, right? That's mm -hmm. why you seek out a new adventure, right? Because you know that there's an experience that you are craving so much for yourself, but you don't have the courage to do it. Right. So you seek help and you want guidance, right? That's what we do is we guide people and we give them realistic expectations yeah. and like truly what, what this journey is. And we need to make sure you understand what it's going to require for you to do it because you can either pick the path that is pain and suffering of you staying exactly as you are and spending your life knowing that you were meant for something more, or you can go down a path that will also have points of pain and suffering, but mm -hmm. to achieve something that's actually meaningful to you. And when you muster up the courage to step up to the racetrack and walk that path, you start to take one step and then another one and you start to see progress. And through that, you're cultivating, like you mentioned earlier, and I tell people this all the time, you've lived in a life where you have so low levels of self-respect that you tolerate a bunch of bullshit in your life. Mm -hmm. you, your boss is a dick. Your spouse is an asshole. Your friends suck. Like nothing is great, but you tolerate it because it's not so bad, right? It's right. not bad enough for you to change it, but you know, it could be better, but it's kind of like, uh, I, it's, it's not terrible. Like I'm, you know, nothing horrible has happened. It's just not ideal. Right. right. And I actually made a post about this. I think it's called the beta region paradox. Yeah. And it's basically like, you'd be better off if your situation was worse because it would force you to do something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and what happens when women start to walk that path and they cultivate more resilience because they've proven to themselves with evidence, they were capable of doing hard things. Right. And they, they have the capacity for more. Right. Yeah. So that's why I love fitness because it gives you a, a physical representation that you are capable of more than you ever thought that you were. 
right? You have discipline, you have mental fortitude, you have a standard of excellence. Now you can be consistent. You can do hard things and fight mm-hmm. through them and learn more about yourself on the other side. And then you stop tolerating bullshit food. You stop putting that in your body. You stop tolerating bullshit substances. You stop with the alcohol or the cigarettes, right? And then you realize that you've also tolerated a bunch of toxic bullshit in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you start to make big changes. I mean, big changes. These are not easy things. But through that process, you've also cultivated enough self-efficacy and enough confidence in who you are and what you're capable of that in any given environment, you trust yourself to navigate yourself through it successfully. Yes. And once you have that inner trust with who you are and knowing what you're capable of, you can then start to make very bold differences in your life. And even though that is hard, staying there is significantly harder. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you build resentment and you cannot love somebody that you also resent and neither can they love you. Right. And so that's where it's like you're rock, rock in a hard place. Like, but it's not just best for you. It's also best for the other party. And so I'm assuming like that just based on your nodding here that that resonates with you. Yeah. So I yeah. want to hear about that. Yeah. That was exactly it. Um, I got to a point again, I told you it was like during that transitional, like I'm engaged and it's like leading up to it. That's why my marriage was so short. <laughs> I think people don't realize like all the things that went on before, like this was this building. And I, I was starting to realize like, we're just not meant to be together. We, I'm com- becoming a completely different person. I literally morphed over these years into somebody that was n- not wanting the path that I was on. Um, I just couldn't admit it yet. I still like... I kept getting more confidence and more confidence in myself and my decision-making and my ability to do hard things, like you said. And I, I did, I had all these thoughts, like, like I said, about a year out and it just, this nagging thought that kept coming in, like, this isn't right. You, you need, you need to end this. But then I would tell myself like, Haley, you're just, you're crazy. Um, you're just wedding jitters, whatever it might be. Um, but then it would come back and I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> um, but I just, I didn't have the confidence or the, I didn't think I could do something that hard. I hadn't proven to myself that I could do something that life changing. Um, and I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of what other people might think mm-hmm. um, because I'd been with this person since I was 17. And at this time I was 23, 24. Like I got married at 24 and I just was like, man, this is going to change my entire life. I don't know if I can do that. Um, so I made excuses, but it exactly came, came to that point where I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. I, I can be alone. I can, I can handle whatever this might, you know, feel like, um, again, over and over, I made promises to myself and I kept them and it just built this confidence <laughs> and finally got to that point where I'm like, okay, you know, some things happened within our relationship, hard conversations had to be had. Um, but once I could finally explain like how I was feeling, it was like so empowering. <laughs> it was like, like a weight just lifted off. Like once I was like, I'm, I'm not in love with you. That must have been things, hard. Yeah. Hard, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, like look at somebody and say, um, because our relationship wasn't like toxic like you would think, you know, we didn't fight. We didn't argue. We didn't, there wasn't all these things. He was a good guy. He just wasn't my guy, right? He wasn't the guy for me. So I knew he loved me. So to look like, have to look somebody like, I don't love you. It's just really fucking hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, well, I relate to that a lot. I've never been married nor engaged, though, like, hopefully one day. <laughs> um, but I think, like, a lot of the times when we make it make any change in our life could be leaving a job, could be leaving a career, it could be leaving a coach, it could be leaving a, a partnership, it could be anything. I think people always think there has to be some drama in it. Like yeah. we're conditioned to like, what happened? Did he cheat? Did he, oh, like, God. was there a music? <laughs> yeah. And so like people need a story to make sense because mm-hmm. like, and again, I, I had tried dating and I actually, I also have this slight belief that I'm not entirely certain of, but from experience, I would say that even sometimes loving somebody is not enough. No. Like I was with somebody that I genuinely would have spent my life with. Like I loved him. I adored him. I, he was the heir to my lungs. Like he was an addiction. He was like, you know, all of that. But we had chemistry and we had connection and we had fun and we could banter. And like, he let out my childlike curiosity. Like he was that, he was good for that. However, mm-hmm. When it came down to compatibility, there was such a level of control he wanted to have over me. And if I didn't conform to that thing, right, he would become absolutely vicious. Mm. And that's when I was like, as much as I love you, because I do, like, I'm not willing to not be who I am. Because if I did that, one, I wouldn't be the woman that you fell in love with. Like you, I would be a different person. And two, I would be losing myself. Like, there are certain things that make you who you are. And one of them for me is absolutely my level of ambition. And if I remove that, I don't know who I would be without it, right? I wouldn't be Kate. I would be, I don't know, a different version of, of that looking the same, but operating differently. And I didn't want that for me. And it was it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done is walking away from that relationship because it was indeed something powerful that I didn't know I could feel. And so I... I can only imagine what it was like. I mean, obviously you came to a point where you had closure in that, where Mm. you were, even though the decision wasn't easy and often I say the hardest thing and the right thing are the same thing, right? Because if the easy, if the easy answer was the answer, you wouldn't be considering an alternative path, right? right? You would just know that that's the right thing and you would do it because it's easy. So Mm. when you're, when you're challenging something that is easy versus doing something that is hard, the answer is the hard, because if the easy thing was the right thing, you would have naturally just done that, you know? So you walk away from that relationship yes. and then you meet Ronnie. Two, two and a half years later. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. So let's talk I about mean, how you've integrated fitness now into that relationship. Yeah. Well, it's natural because that's kind of what we bonded on. Um, so we met on Instagram, you know, where everybody meets apparently, um, we, he was going into his first, well, we, we followed each other for a little bit, both into the fitness world. We had a mutual friend who was a competitor. Um, Ronnie went into his first prep. Um, I had competed two years prior or something like that. And, um, we started to talk. We used to flirt a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I think we actually went back recently and saw who made the first move. It was me guys. It was me. Um, I, okay. Bold uh, bitch. I, it, I think anybody that knows me will be able to say like, that's completely out of character. <laughs> but the thing I, is, you know what you want and you know, like people say, you know, when you know, so maybe I mean, you just were like something, I mean, something's I mean, coming I mean, up for me. I got to shoot my shot here. I, did. I will say though, I, I did we didn't know who messaged to first. I did react to one of the stories first. So, mm. And then little flirting here and there, very mild. And then he started prep and we just got into like conversations, like 
deep conversations about prep and that kind of just morphed into everything else. We went from talking maybe once a week to a few times a week to every day, um, probably six months. And then we met in person at his show. (laughs) Um, So we bonded over fitness. It wasn't something that we had to make happen thankfully. Um, But our journeys are very different (laughs) in the sense that I already competed. I already did that. When we met, he was in prep. People don't know, very, very, very strict. I was in more of like a maintenance kind of living life phase. Um, But we just get each other. So it, it works out pretty well. We work out together or we don't, you know, we both are in this like disciplined lifestyle. Um, and we both just want each other to win. <laughs> so we just support each other, whether we're doing it in person there together, or, you know, like he went off to the gym earlier while I was working. Right. Um, but we live together on Sundays. <laughs> so we've just, we have, it's a big part of our relationship. So I think one of the coolest parts of your story, and I'm, I'm interested in this truly. Um, mm-hmm. So you went through a phase, obviously, when you lost your health. Mm-hmm. And obviously that put you in a position where you had to pull back from training. You yes. had to eat up. You had to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of relationships, that's really uncomfortable, like really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And so I'm curious on like, how was your relationship during that time? And how did you navigate that? And certainly in comparison to past experiences and frame of references that you have to reflect in comparison to like, how did, how did that, how did that go? I'm just curious. Yeah. So when I met Ronnie, it was, I was already kind of working on my hormones, um, but not really to the best of my abilities. And then um, he is actually part of the reason I went down the path that I did Mm-hmm. Um, with getting a new coach. So I hired Mark and um, had to really go through this strict gut protocol um, where I did have to back down on training and I did have to increase my food. And I was so uncomfortable because um, I was already in an uncomfortable spot, like wanting to diet, but I couldn't. Um, and I knew I was going to put on some body fat, uh, but Ronnie is incredibly supportive, thankfully. Um, and he's my biggest hype man. <laughs> so I don't think that I would have as much confidence as I did throughout that. I was actually able to, I, I thought that journey was going to go a lot different mentally. I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be um, really like bad body image was going to be primary. And I still have them, of, of course, like that's something I think I'll always deal with. But like, I thought it was going to be like, my confidence was completely shot. I, I thought maybe insecurities would start to, you know, come up and everything, but it went a lot different. He hyped me up. He made me feel good about like how I looked. He made me feel good about when I could train, how I was training. Like he was there in the gym with me. He was making meals with me. Um, so when I say Ronnie's supportive, I mean like, dude, <laughs> there's no, it's unmatched. So I could cry like, (laughs) no, but I I think that that's so important because again, like, here's the thing, like I said, but listen to the detail of like him leading you in the right direction, Mm -hmm. right? So there's different, different approaches that to my understanding that different men will take. And I think women could probably be this way. I just don't hear that feedback from men. So if you're a man and you've experienced these things, I'm not painting, I'm not trying to paint a picture with a broad brush, but just from my understanding of the people that I interact with, if a female then goes through a situation where she's gained a bunch of weight. 
a lot of men will like say really harsh things to her. Mm. Right. And even if they don't practice the things, it's like, I want you to be hot again. So like, stop eating that, like go exercise. You should get a gym membership, like not in a a loving and caring, like uplifting or exciting way. Right. And you can see Ronnie's leadership in, even if he ever had a thought that way, which he's so in, in love with you, I highly doubt it, but let's just play devil's advocate. Like even if he had that thought ever, he would be there uplifting you, seeing that you were doing the work. Yeah. And he's He's smart enough to know that it's not your choice to just be Mm -hmm. this way. Yeah. Right. And so it's knowing the best of you and supporting you to be the best version of you, which meant you had to take an alternative kind of detour around the path to get you to where you wanted to be. And the fact that he could be there and uplift you and support you and challenge you and push you and just like be a leader in him continuing to embody the things that he wanted to lead by example with, with his training, with his daily obligations, with his love and input to you, right? Because there's obviously, there's a lot of couples also that will get super ingrained in their own shit. So whether that's their work or whether it's their fitness, whether it's, you know, whatever, where they live separate lives, right? So yeah. he could have just gone to the gym, done his thing, be like, she'll, she'll figure it out, like, hopefully. Yeah. And just like stayed on his path, right? And then being like, I'm leading by example. I'm leading by example. Why is she not doing it? But then there was that collaborative of like, I'm going to do show up, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to continue to support and encourage her because I know that A, she probably needs it and B, I know that she's going to come through this on the other side and I want to be there every step of the way. Like that's a fucking man. Like that is a man. Like yeah. that's a good man. Um, a and man. so now you, you are in a place where even when you guys are in different seasons though, we're always in different seasons. That's the thing, man. And we just were talking about how we are never in the same phase. Like he had prep earlier this year and I was in a bulk. <laughs> and then he's coming out of prep and I'm in a cut. <laughs> so we're always like one step away. We're almost lining up here soon. But like he's, it's fu- like funny when I was, he's coming out of prep. I'm about to go in my cut. I think he was more excited when I got the green light to cut than I was. <laughs> He was like, I'm so fucking hyped for you. You've been wanting this for so long. And I'm like, it made me even more hype. Yeah. And also like just to like show how important it is to really take a time at maintenance and make sure your body is healthy enough to respond. Haley literally has lost like 20 pounds and I don't even know how long, but I feel like I blinked. I went to sleep. I woke up and I looked at her again the next day and I was like, you have diet face. (laughs) I think we're like 12... 13 weeks in maybe we have not touched macros. This is the amazing part. So it's like, you can diet real hard, real quick and lose 20 pounds. Like I was at 160 and my body, like it just, that was a lot of extra body. And how much for frame of reference? How tall are you? I'm five, five. Okay. So typically around like 130 is where I was like, when I would maintain, it was 130, 135. And I'd gained all the way up to 160 throughout my hormone thing, it was like 150. And then I, I went through a bulk, got up to like 160. And uh, so we decided to intercut and we pulled uh, a little bit of calories and added a little bit of cardio, did that for about four weeks. We saw great results, changed it. We have not changed since that. We're on week like nine of zero changes. And that to me is what's amazing. Like that's on not dieting for a really long time because I've never gone through a cut. I've only dropped average calories by 200. Yeah. And that goes to show like when your metabolism is in a good place, one, obviously you, your body relative to set point theory, right? Your body has kind of a range that it wants to sit in. Mm -hmm. And so historically it's probably been like that 135 range for you. Right. And so obviously exceeding that was uncomfortable, 
But then when you are ready to get back into consistent exercise, get back into consistent kind of routine food, get back into natural activity, your body's like, okay, if, if we're going to do this amount of activity, we need to make sure that the body that's doing it is not going to get injured by doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So taking pressure off the joints, minimizing body fat, which is an inflammatory tissue, right? All those things, the body's so resilient enough that when you are metabolically optimal, it will naturally bring you to that point. Right. And so you probably won't have to worry too much about getting into a massive deficit at all. I would speculate depending on how lean you're trying to get, but um, that's like super fucking important shit that I want everybody to hear. One, you need time off. Two, you don't always have to change it. You really don't. Like sometimes you just get people in the right distribution at the right time, the right protocols, the right stress management techniques, the right food choices, and they just fucking go. Like my client, Jeff, he's down like 25 pounds in like 10 weeks. It's amazing. And we've changed, we literally haven't changed his diet since we started. Yeah. And people are always like, I get clients that ask me all the time, are we going to change anything? Well, aren't you losing weight? <laughs> aren't you? You're, or one week you don't. And it's like, well, I didn't lose anything this week. Just hold off. Wait a second. Just wait. And then it's like, oh, it picked back up. Like, yeah, just, just watch. You yeah. don't, a lot of times don't have to change. And, and that's, I think, you want to get. well, and again, it's just like, you don't have to fix what isn't broken, but if you're always impatient, you will constantly be trying to change everything too quickly all at once to even figure out what actually works for you. Right. And like you said, the stress management, the food choices and stuff, it's like, everybody thinks it's all about numbers when it comes to macros and cardio. And it's like, "Mm, I won't, if I know somebody's digestion isn't right or their stress or their sleep is off, like we're going to fix these things because I guarantee that's why we're not seeing the progress. You fix those things. And the number of times I'll just look at somebody's food diary and notice that like they have a lot of foods that are highly inflammatory and just have them reduce them. I don't tell anybody to cut shit because I don't want them to think it's bad. Right. But I'll say, hey, can we try to reduce this or let's replace this with this this week? How does that sound? Like they will just start dropping weight and it's all inflammation and it's like their entire body composition will shift. I just had a client, Stacy, who's in contest prep and we reviewed her food diary and I was like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna change some of these things. I want you to stick to a meal plan, keep it simple for yourself. Like this is the food choices that we're gonna go with. And in a week, it looked like she had lost ten pounds. Like she was just so much tighter, so much stress. She also went through a lot of personal life stuff that we resolved over the phone, and she just was like a totally different person in a week. It was amazing to see, and that's where it's like the devil's in the. De- I try to tell people this all the time: you don't have to fix shit. You need to pay attention to the little details. The yes. devil is in the details. Yeah. And so it's all the things that you're too lazy to do, the things that you overlook because they're too simple. It's like you're not mastering the simplicity and you don't have a solid foundation. So of course you're going to try to build something sporadically. But if you're trying to build your dream home, you don't want to cut corners on the construction of it just to get in there sooner. What's up team? I interrupt this broadcast to formally invite you to our live event in McKinney, Texas, Saturday, October 21st. If you are into health, fitness, and personal development, you are not going to want to miss this. We are going to have industry leading experts talking all about nutrition, health optimization, and understanding yourself because you deserve to be all that it is that you can be. So I hope to see you there for more information. Click the link below in the description. And now we'll get back into our episode. Right. Yeah. And 
like I said, this has been like the easiest dieting phase I've done, but like, I never worried about that stuff when I dieted before. I just dieted harder. <laughs> and that's what got me into the position that I got into with having to fix my hormones, <laughs> but I would just diet harder. I would do more cardio. I would eat less. I didn't care. Like I didn't sleep, stress management, my digestion, like all that was way off. And that's why it was so difficult. I would be eating 1200 calories at my lowest right now. I'm sitting at a comfortable 18 average and we're, we're just cruising. And that's because I, I do stick. I used to be like, if it fits your macros girl. <laughs> so I would try to fit everything in my macros, you know, now I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty much on a meal plan. I eat the same things every day. Um, every now and then I'll go off in this dieting phase. I've celebrated my anniversary. I've celebrated my birthday, um, and didn't hold back and still lost weight that week. <laughs> and stress and sleep are way better than they've ever been. So being able to check all those boxes makes dieting a lot easier. So if you guys think, you know, dieting harder and being miserable is the way to go when you can diet easily. Well, the question that I always pose to people is like, okay, so before you go into your next diet, I just want to ask you this one, have you done this before? Like, have you done this before? And you think that doing the same thing that you did last time by slashing calories and doing lots of cardio is going to get you the results because it got your results last time. But you also have to do it again because you didn't keep the results that you got last time. Are you sure you want to do that again? Right. It's like just just an honest question to ask yourself. It's like the definition of insanity is doing the same yes. thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And so I'm like, just stop being insane. Like, how about you stop rushing the timeline and just focus on, can you win a day? Can right. you be consistent for a day and like, look at the small details and like make them something that you consciously bring your attention to. And bar none, like it's people get defeated when they think about how far they have to go. Yeah. But the time is going to be spent regardless. So you can either choose to orient it towards doing something that makes you better and makes your quality of life better, makes your relationships better, makes your career better, or you can waste it prolonging and putting off and procrastinating you doing the work because you want to give into your victim mindset around the fact that you've gotten yourself here and you believe somehow for reasons I don't necessarily understand if I've never spoken to you that you can't do the thing. It's not going to work for you. Right. But it's probably because the approach that you used previously didn't work for you. Yeah. And you believe it's you that's broken and not the system. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that I fight against is like, you are not broken the system was broken and like there is an alternative path, but it's going to feel different because it is different and it should. Um, but yeah, I don't want to digress too much on like a totally <laughs> different tangent, but Haley, I think one thing that would be awesome for people is to hear from you. Like what was the juice worth the squeeze as far as like you advocating for yourself, you walking away from that. And I already know the answer, but sometimes people are so fearful of, of, advocating for themselves in the presence of somebody whose opinion they really care about mm -hmm. to where they say nothing at all. And like one thing I was just talking to Rocky, who's one of my clients is that when you have something to say, you need to give yourself permission to say it, not just because you need to know what was said, but because the other person needs to hear it, mm -hmm. right? Lying to yourself or lying to other people does nobody any good. No, we were both kind of end up miserable. Who, I mean, you don't want a wife that doesn't love you. You don't want a wife that resents you. You don't want a wife that doesn't want to be with you yeah. um, and vice versa. It was well worth it. I would do it all again if it meant that I could be where I'm at right now. Um, I actually, during that time, lost a lot of friends as well. So like being able to do that, it was hard. I felt alone. 
you know, I was alone for the first time in my life trying to figure out who Haley was without all these other people's opinions morphing, you know, who I was. Um, but yeah, it's well worth it because I don't have those thoughts anymore of like, shit, I'm on the wrong path. I'm put, I'm investing all this time into a path that doesn't serve me. Doesn't, I'm not happy. I don't feel good. I don't wake up excited for the day. I don't go to sleep like excited for the next day. I don't come home to somebody I want to see and spend time with. Like, that's not a good feeling. Um, so yeah, it was scary. It was, it was the scariest thing at that point in my life that I ever had to do. <laughs> and I was terrified, but it was empowering. It gave me more confidence in myself to be able to be independent. Cause I'd never had that. Um, and to figure out who I was because like man, the man does lead. And I, I used to be so against that. I was that like, I'm this feminist. <laughs> I was that girl until I met Ronnie <laughs> because I've never had a man that I felt confident enough to lead me. Truly well, that's the thing. Me. And that's the difference between a man, like just as a man biologically mm-hmm. and like, what Andrew Tate would call like a high value man. We talked about him before, right? It's like, it's not the fact that a woman, especially a woman like you and I, like super ambitious, go-getter, independent to her own fault, can take care of herself, doesn't need you. Like if in the right, in the presence of the right man, like he will make it very easy for you to let go. Yes. And that's the intangible thing, right? It's not the surface level thing about men that makes them the perfect fit. Right. Anybody can present themselves in certain ways, but it's the little intangible things, the little moments, the little things, the small gestures, the right words, right? You know, giving you affection when you need it, giving you the reminders, uplifting you, pushing you to be better. It allows you to feel safe letting go. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's, I think that was super important that you said that because I know a lot of women will, will think that I'm like trying to say that, you know, women can't lead. It's like, no, you can, but to tell yourself that you're in the presence of the right man for you, he will make it easy for you to let go. And I think that is powerful. Very powerful. And I actually had this conversation with Ronnie once and it was something I scrolled across on Instagram where Um, people were talking about women being submissive to men. And I said something to him like, well, I I like to think that like, I am the submissive one in the relationship. And he's like, what, what do you mean? Because people take that as a bad thing. Yes. Um, People think that's, that's such a bad thing. And I, I explained it to him. I'm like, no, what I mean by that is like, I am fully confident that you can lead, you can protect, you can provide, and I don't have to worry. Yeah. I don't have to worry about if he's going to protect us, if he's going to be able to provide for us, that I, he's going to be able to lead our, me and our future family. Like, that's what I mean by being submissive. Yeah. That I can, it means that I can, you don't have to be the one that solves the problems, that makes mm-hmm. the plans, that takes the action, that fixes yeah. and solves everything, every little hiccup that you guys have. It's knowing that you have somebody there that's like, I got you. Yep. I got you and I got us. And you're with me now and you're safe. Yeah. Right. And it's like that presence doesn't need those words like you just fucking know when you meet somebody like that you're like it's it's a whirlwind especially for people that are all like type a women who are always in control like i'm picking on myself i am someone who's like bing 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 bing. i've got my boxes checked like i am a psychopath and i'm cool with it yeah but it's also like even those types of women can be tamed 
Yeah. In the presence of the, the right, right man, man for them. The right man. Absolutely. Um, so before we finish, I, go oh, ahead. Say, that's why I wanted, like, I never wanted children for anybody that knows me, has followed me. I have never, I'm not the woman that grew up like, I want to be a mom. I actually have never, I always said from the youngest age, I'm never going to be a mom. I don't know why, just never felt it. Went through my entire adult life until recently. Um, and part of the reason is it's like, I've never looked at somebody and thought I could raise a family with them and not have to worry. <laughs> um, because that's a big fucking deal, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I, again, very type A. I usually take control of every situation and I didn't want that. I think I just didn't want that responsibility to feel like I was doing it all. Um, but like to be able to look at somebody and be like, wow, they're a good leader. They would be the prime example of like the leader of the family, the leader of the pack. <laughs> um, and that I just wanted to go down that and just say like, that's the right. And now she wants children. Plot twist. <laughs> I do. I do want kids. I do. I love that. I love that. And I literally can't wait. We're going to have like little level of baby gear. Like <laughs> for your baby shower, you're like, what the fuck? Kay? I'm like, gotta make sure he's got the Nikes and he's the girl. I got pink ones. Like we'll be good. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I got to spoil somebody's kids. Um, but last last thing I want you to end on is specifically speaking to the women who are afraid to advocate for themselves to take control of their lives and step into their power again. Like remembering you when you were in between a rock and a hard place, like what do you wish somebody had told you in that moment? Trust yourself. You can do hard things. It might seem like it's the end of the world right now, but I promise you what's on the other side is beautiful because you already know that's the decision you need to make. I'll tell you what my mom said to me. It was like, uh, cause I, I didn't really, we had done like a trial separation before we had actually like separated. And during that time I talked a lot with my mom and, um, I complained to her one day about just feeling stuck. And she said, Haley, you already know what the outcome's going to be. You already know the decision you need to make. Why are you prolonging it? Mm. Why are you staying unhappy? And I sat with that. Um, two weeks later, I was done. We had ended everything. He had moved out. It sat with me. And the next conversation, it was an argument we had. I, I was like, you know what? This is, this is, why? Why? I do know how it's going to end because I know what the right decision is. It might be hard. It might be, my life is going to be flipped upside down. But it's got to be better than this. It might be hard during that time, but this will be hard forever. I think that is the perfect place to end this. And your mom is a very wise woman. So shout out to mom. Um, <laughs> but Haley, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing. And we will catch you guys in the next episode.